0: How you all doing today? All right. You can talk to me. Hey, I just want to um, just say before I start, like if we can be really be praying for our church family at the moment, we've had people this week that have lost loved ones. Um, loved ones have passed away, and we've got people that are in hospital and uh, people that are sick and still people getting COVID and all that sort of stuff. And so we just really need to pray that God would heal, that God would protect, that God would comfort those that are going through troubled times. And uh, Because that's what we do as a family, yes? That's three people, yes? Yes. Thank you. And um, I think it's really, really important that we do that and that we pray for one another, and that we be there for one another. And um, I've been enjoying doing this series with you. And hello to all those watching online. Um, and uh, hopefully you've been enjoying it too. Now I can't get the Spice Girls song out of my head. Thank you very much, Anna. And, um, but, you know, we've, we've talked so far about being ambassadors, that we are a representation of heaven here on earth. Uh, We've talked about last week that you're a masterpiece, you are the poetic statement of the glory of God. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yes? did any of you look in the mirror this week and go, oh man, look at my hair, look at my complexion? Or did you look at yourself and go, I am a poetic statement of the glory of God? Anybody do that? No, you didn't, did you? You looked at your hair and you looked at everything and you thought yourself that you're a hot mess, but you're not. You are the poetic statement of the glory of God, and and I'm excited about this morning because if you are going through something difficult, if you are going through something huge, if you're going through something big, that almost feels like it's bigger than you can handle, or maybe it is bigger than you can handle, I've got incredibly good news for you this morning, because what the Bible says who you are in Christ is that you are an over. That's what you are. It's not what you are becoming. It's actually your position in Christ. If you are in Christ, if you have invited Him to be your Lord and Saviour and you are walking with Him, all these things that we're talking about, they're not things that you are working towards. You don't work towards being an ambassador. You don't work towards being a masterpiece. You don't work towards being an overcomer. You are those things because you were in Christ. That is your position. You may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. You may feel like you're not any of those things, but your position in Christ is that of an overcomer. Isn't that awesome? That you can feel like the world is getting on top of you. You can feel like that you're failing left, right, and center, but you are not ruled by your feelings. You are ruled by your position in Christ. One or two people are excited about that. The rest of you, hopefully by the end of this, because I want to stir a fire on the inside of you this morning, because I think the church has kind of become wussy. We've allowed, really, things to happen over the last wee while, and now we've just kind of got a little bit suppressed, a little bit quiet, a little bit like, oh, well, it is what it is, but... Friend, we are not, it is what it is kind of people. We are overcomers. How do I know that? Because Romans 8 says so. It says, if God is for us. <sighs> okay, we're a little bit slow today. I realize the V8s are on, and it's the last time I'm go away. and maybe there's some grieving going on, but we can do this. All of you have passed school. We can read the screen behind me, yes? Are we, can we do this? If God is for you, he did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for all of us. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things, not some things, not maybe this and that, all things, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or this massive, massive thing that I'm dealing with right now? No, in all of these things and all the trouble and all the hardships and all the persecution and all the famine and all the nakedness and all the danger and all those things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. In all these things, you are more than a conqueror. That word there, conqueror, actually means this. It's, 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 it's the word in the Greek, it's called hupa, I'm trying to get it right. I'm so glad Evie isn't here to, or maybe she is here to correct my, my Greek pronunciation. But it's it's more than conquerors. It's not saying that you are a conqueror. It's saying that you're more than a conqueror. But you're more than a conqueror. What in Christ? Not in your ability. Not in your power. Not in where you are at in life. Not in your status. Not in where you're feeling. It's not in your power, but it's through the power of the risen Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than an overcomer. You are a hupakaneo. Everybody say, Hupikineo. you learned some Greek this morning. You know what that word literally means? It literally means this, to vanquish beyond recognition. It's not just overcoming, oh, I overcame that. Or it's not just conquering, oh, I conquered that. No, 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 it's vanquishing beyond recognition. In other words, by the time I have, felt, I have dealt with through Christ, any giants that are that are in front of me, they are beyond recognition. It's like they do not exist anymore. They have been wiped from the face of the planet because they have been vanquished beyond recognition. That's the position that we hold in Christ. It's a decisive victory. It's not a just a victory. We just got across the line. I'm pretty happy that um, last night that the North Queensland Cowboys just beat the Cronulla Sharks by two points in the NRL, but this is not what it's talking about. It's not just a win, it's a complete annihilation of the enemy. It's a decisive victory. It means exceedingly beyond conquering. With Christ you are hupakaneho. You are not just going to eke out a little victory and just get by in life, but you are going to demolish the opposition. How do I know? that God wants to do that with your life, because that's what God does. We just have to look all the way through Scripture. When it came to the Egyptians coming after the Israelites, God didn't just give them a little victory. He completely demolished the Egyptian army. He vanquished it from existence. The whole of it was gone. When Gideon was facing the Midianites, God didn't just give Gideon a little victory. No, no. God completely demolished, vanquished. He completely destroyed. It wasn't a little victory. It was a decisive, overcoming, beyond expectation, destruction of the enemy. And that's the kind of God that we serve. That's hupakaneo. And that is who you are in Christ. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's who you are. And it's more than just being victorious. It's that you have on the inside of you the power to see every principality and power, the power to see every circumstance that you're facing, to be vanquished beyond recognition. How cool is that? Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to have difficulties. You'll have trouble. In fact, in John 16, Jesus said that. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There's a couple of key things in this which I can't get into right now, but he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. I, I don't know why we get surprised when trouble comes. You know, like all of us, Understand, if you're a parent, you understand that you are expecting at some stage during the teenage years, there could be some trouble unless you lock them away in a cupboard until they turn about 17, 18 years of age. You're going to have trouble in this life. And he says here, take heart, for I've overcome the world. Here's a key thing in all of this, and you can look into this for yourself. He's saying, take heart. You know why? Because we can lose heart. And when we lose heart, we forget that he's overcome the world. And then we think that we're in a hopeless situation. And we forget that we're caneo people. Are you with me today? Come on, talk to me. For you are an overcomer. But here's the thing. For something to be overcome, there has to be something to overcome. You know, it's, it's like, I know, I know people who say, man, I just, I just want to experience the miracles of God. Well, guess what? That requires you to be in a position where a miracle is required. So what we do is we say, God, I want to see your power move in my world. I want to see a miracle happen. So then God creates, because you asked for it, a situation or a circumstance in your life which requires one. And then we complain to him about it. And he's probably up there going, this is what you asked for. You see, for us to experience the resurrection power of God requires something to be dead. You don't resurrect the living. Although some people walking around do look like they need resurrecting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To be an overcomer actually requires something to overcome, and so we can look at this stuff that we've got going on in our world and become overwhelmed by it, or we can change a mindset and go, hey, here's an opportunity for my hoopakaneo to come out. There's a great chance for hoopakaneo to reveal itself through Christ, through the power of the risen Christ. You're not an ordinary Christian. There's no such thing as an ordinary Christian. You are a spirit-filled overcomer. Revelation 12, 11 says this, that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. It was so cool that we sang that song this morning because you guys had no idea I was sharing that scripture, which means that God's trying to say something to us, that we overcome, overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. You are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. In other words, Jesus shed his blood And through the power of that blood, our sins are forgiven. Through the power of that blood, we have access to the very throne room of God. Because of what Jesus did on the cross with his blood, you are an overcomer and you overcome by his blood. In other words, the sacrifice that he made for us and the words of your testimony. What's the What's the words of your testimony? Because it's like a two-part thing here. God did his bit by sending his son to die on the cross for you and I, and then our bit is the word of our testimony. What's the word of our testimony? It's simply this. It's your story about who God is for you and what he has done for you. I think sometimes, and I put myself right in this category is I can so often in the moment forget who he has been for me. And I forget that he is still that for me. You see, the blood will always be there, but it requires us to share our story. In other words, hey, I can, I can overcome this because, because God has overcome for me in the past. You know, David, when he faced Goliath, he said this to him, he says, my God saved me from the lion and the bear. You see, previously, David had been... Have been a shepherd looking after the sheep, and lions came to attack the sheep, and a bear came to attack the sheep. And the story goes that, that David killed the lion and killed the bear. And so, when he's standing before Goliath, this seems like impossible situation of this giant in front of him who is a skilled, skilled, skilled warrior. And David's just a shepherd boy. And David comes to him and he says, Hey, hey, my God has saved me from the lion and he saved me from the bear and he'll save me from you as well. In other words, you're saying, I actually know who God is for me and I know what God has done and by the power of his blood and the word of my testimony, Goliath, you're gonna come down because some people will look at situations and go, it's too big to overcome. But David looked at Goliath and said, it's too big to miss. You see, at least when the enemy comes in that form, you can see it for the size that it is, and it ain't hard to hit it. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, not by your own strength, but by what Christ has done and the words or the testimony of your mouth about who he is for you and what he has done for you. And I want you to to hear this because I need you to believe this. I need you to internalize this. I need you to feel this. That this isn't something that you are becoming. It's not something that you are becoming once you get your life together and I've got this and that and that in place. No, 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 no. The Bible says that in Christ, positionally right now, in spite of how you feel, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of your weaknesses, positionally, you are an overcomer. You are hupakaneo. And there's a giant that nobody else thinks that you can beat, and probably you don't even think that you can beat them yourself, but with the power of the risen Christ, when you know who you are, then you know what to do. And when you believe that you are who God says you are, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer and you can defeat it. You can overcome it because Christ said you are. So as an overcomer, let me encourage you to fight in two specific ways. The first thing is is I think we have to fight with with a conquering attitude. We have to have a conquering attitude when it comes to confronting the, the giants in front of us. Uh, tragically, I believe too many people come with a faithless, wishy-washy mindset and they lose the battle in their minds before they've even stepped into the ring. But when you understand who you are positionally, you can stand strong in that position You can stand strong in who you are, and you are more than a conqueror. You see, so many of us, (laughs) this is not in my notes, but I feel like God wants me to share this, is that in the Old Testament, the father of the house would take a, a lamb without blemish to the priest, and the priest would look over the lamb to make sure it was perfect, and then the father would lay his hands on the lamb and almost transfer all the sins of the family onto the lamb. And then the lamb would be sacrificed for the sins of the family. The judgment on whether the sacrifice was good enough or not for what the family had done was the lamb. The judgment was not on the father of the house. The judgment was on whether the lamb was good enough. When we step into the New Testament, Jesus is the lamb that the sins of the world has been placed upon. And what, what tends to happen is that we make a mistake or we sin or we do something stupid and the enemy comes to us and says, hey, 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 hey you can't do that for God because you did this what we have to understand is that the enemy will always judge you for where you what you have done But when God looks down upon you, he doesn't see your sin and your failings. Just like the priest didn't see the sin and the failings of the family, what the priest looked at was the quality of the sacrifice. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see your faults and your failings. He sees your position in Christ and that you are under the blood of the perfect sacrifice. And so what the enemy will constantly do is try to get you out from where you are positionally and get you to step into where you feel you are emotionally. And what we've got to do is say, whoa, whoa, hold on a sec, Yeah, I may have made a mistake. Yes, I may have sinned, I may have stuffed up, but I am still positionally in Christ an overcomer. Some people are excited. Let me put it this way. Faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled actions. Godly beliefs lead to godly behavior. Why? Because the Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. In other words, a godly belief will lead to correct behavior. Faith-filled attitudes lead to faith-filled actions. If we come into a fight, if we come into a situation that seems huge and we come in with a mindset of, oh, oh, I hope God comes through for me. You know, I can't find any wood on the stage. Touch wood. You know, fingers crossed. I know what I'll do. I'll I'll fast for a week, and I'll spiritually manipulate God by putting his arm up his back because then he has to move because I fasted. I'm not against fasting. Fasting disconnects us from the world, and prayer connects us to God, and that's what prayer and fasting is about. It's not about somehow spiritually manipulating God to move on your behalf. It's about getting closer to him. It's about disconnecting from all the things that cause you to disconnect from him. And if we come in with the wrong mindset, if we come in with this, I hope God comes through, I hope something happens, I'm crossing my fingers, I'm hoping, I've got the prayer team praying. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how we get everybody else praying for a situation, but we don't pray for it ourselves. Anyway, this is another story. Um got all that going on But our mindset is not that of an overcomer, it's that of a hope. I hope God comes through for you, and hope isn't a bad thing, but my hope is not in whether God will come through for me or not. My hope is in my position and who I am in Christ, and in Christ, I'm hupakaneo. I'm an overcomer. My hope is in who I am in Christ. Faith-filled actions lead to faith-filled actions, and the battle starts in the mind, and too often we've got to be careful that we don't go around saying, I'm just a victim. Everybody else around me gets the breaks. Everybody else around me seems to succeed, but I never get the break. I never get the opportunity. You know what? I, I can say that because I used to do that. I can remember sitting in a car with a very good friend of mine, a guy called Eugen Metesius, and I said to him, I wonder when I'm gonna get my opportunity. I'm gonna wonder where I get my break. And he and he rebuked me and he says, Bro. You're sitting here waiting for God to gift it to you instead of getting off your backside and going after what He has planned for you. I hope this is making sense because you're looking at me like it's not. Here's the thing nothing goes right for me. That's not a mindset that you want to start with. Our marriage is always going to be pathetic. He's always going to be a jerk. And he's thinking she's always going to be this, that, or the other thing. I'm always going to battle this addiction. I'm never, ever going to get on top of it. I'm never going to be able to get, forgive that person or forgive that situation. It's never going to happen. You know what that is? That is, that is victim-taught. Victim-taught. And victim, victimization are nails that build the house of failure. You can't be a victim in the kingdom. You're not a victim. You are a victor. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You're not a victim in Christ. You're a victor in Christ. You don't need to talk negative with a defeated mindset. You need to know who you are in Christ. You are huppakaneo. You've vanquished the enemy. You're an overcomer. That's who you are in Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Did you see here that we demolish? It's not like I just got by, I just managed to overcome this thing, I just managed to get through this. No, 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 we demolish arguments And every pretension that sets itself up, what, against the knowledge of God about who we know, who we are in Christ, positionally, not who we feel we are in Christ, but who we are in Christ. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient. Oh, but but Craig, you don't understand, I, I don't have much faith for that. That's cool because you don't have to have big faith. The Bible says that if you have faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed that you can find, and you speak to the mountain, mountains in scripture represent things that are trying to overcome you, and you speak to the mountain and you command it to be thrown into the sea, so shall it be. Why? Because it's not the size of your faith, it's the size of the God that you put your faith in. Are you hearing me today? You grab every thought captive. I think what most people do is they want to get the thoughts out of their head. So, so what we do is a negative thought comes in and then we want to get rid of it. So we, we try to think about something else. We try to distract ourselves with something else. The Bible doesn't say get rid of the thought. The Bible says to take the thought captive, to arrest it, to put it into a black site, into jail. And then you interrogate that sucker. And you say, where did that thought come from? Where did that start? God, show me. When did I start believing that lie about who I am? It doesn't say dismiss the thought. It says take it captive. And then you, what? You make it obedient to Christ. In other words, I, I take it captive and I go, man, where did that come from? When did that start? Oh, let me give you an example. You know, I, I, I actually thought, even though I'm the youngest in my family, I'm best looking out of all of them. I can say that because none of them are here. My parents didn't plan me. So when mum got pregnant, she was really, really upset. But I always say to my brothers, my bro- well, my brother's gone now, he's in heaven, but I say to my sisters, mum and dad planned you, but God planned me. <laughs> but my mum didn't want me initially, and so I grew up with quite... Even though Mum and Dad prayed and they broke all that while I was still in the womb, which is a really important thing for you to do if once if you're pregnant or when you get pregnant, is always pray over the womb. Life doesn't begin once they're out; they begin once they're in. And so I grew up this sense of rejection that I didn't belong in my family. I actually thought that I was adopted, even though my Mum and Dad would say to me, "You're not adopted." Problem was, I had blonde hair. Everybody else in my family had brown hair. I had blue eyes. They all had brown eyes. I mustn't be part of this family. And then what would happen is my brother, God bless him, would turn around and say, you are adopted. (laughs) Nobody would willingly have you. (laughs) And so I grew up with this thought that I actually never really belonged, that people actually didn't really love me, even though my parents treated me exactly the same as all my other siblings. In fact, they probably treated me better because they all complained that I was a baby and I got spoiled and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it's not been the baby getting spoiled, it's just that the best is always saved to last. And so if you're going to put your energy into something, put it into your best product, not the one that you started with. <laughs> you always get a little bit wrong at the beginning, but you get it perfect at the end, yes? All the youngest out there, give me an amen. <laughs> and so I can remember, you know, and I've shared this story before the first time ever when Madison would have been, I don't know, just past two years of age, and, and I wouldn't take her to McDonald's. So she told me, I hate you. I spiraled. Like I was depressed. Trinity's like, she's two. She doesn't even know how to wipe her own backside properly. Don't worry about it. All those parents now that have had a few kids, you understand that. You know, when the second one or the third one says, I hate you, just like, whatever. Um, But the first one, but I had to go into my room and I had to take that thought captive and I had to say to myself, where's that come from? Why do I think that way? What lie do I believe about myself? Holy Spirit, show me the lie that I believe. I I didn't dismiss the thought. I took it captive. I interrogated it. I waterboarded it. I tortured it until it revealed to me what lie the enemy had planted in my life from my childhood that I had believed that is now setting me up for failure. And then once I discovered what that lie was, I turned around and every day for three weeks, I turned around every morning and I said, the, the lie is this, but the truth is this. My God is for me, that he knew me before my parents, even before I was even a twinkle in my daddy's eye, God had his, all the days of my life planned out, planned out, that I am marvelously and wonderfully made, that I'm a child of the most, and I just kept speaking what I made that thought obedient to Christ. And then when my dad was on his deathbed, the truth finally came out. When he said in front of my sisters to me, he said, son, you are amazing. You're incredible. You're phenomenal. And when my sister said, are we too, dad? He goes, no, you're not. How many people know? The truth sets you free. I'm just joking. Just a little bit in and out of consciousness, but I'm taking that. Yeah, (laughs) You interrogate it find out where it's come from. If it's not consistent with God's word for your life, it's a lie that the enemy has planted. And we have to take that captive and we need to interrogate it. And then we need to speak God's truth to it to the point that that thought process now becomes obedient to Christ. I'm an overcomer. I'm not going to let what anybody says about me. I'm not going to let what anybody thinks about me. I'm not going to let what anybody did to me stop me from doing all that God has called me to do because I'm an overcomer. And not in my strength, but in the blood of the Lamb, and in the word of my testimony Psalm 18:29 says this In your strength I can crush an army with my God I can scale any wall With his strength we can crush armies scale walls There's no wall in your life there's no obstacle in your life that can stop you from doing that all God wants you to do because you're not a victim with Christ you are an overcomer you are a victor you have the power to overcome all the temptations and all the hurdles that get thrown at you in life, why? Because you're going to fight with a conquering attitude where any negative stuff, you're going to take it captive. You're going to make it obedient to what God says about you. And your attitude is not going to be, oh, I've got a problem in front of me. Your attitude is, oh, I've got an obstacle that I'm going to overcome. I'm Hooper, Caneo kind of person. I don't bow down to the giants. Giants bow down to my God. That's hupakaneo, fight with a conquering attitude and then fight with spiritual weapons. Second Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our weapons have the explosive power of God, explosive power of God. Our weapons that we fight with have the ability to demolish strongholds. We don't fight with natural weapons; we fight with supernatural weapons. And according to Ephesians six, God has given us an abundance of them: helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, yeah, the the um, shield of faith. Sword of the Spirit, the Gospel of Peace shoes, whatever they look like. He's given us everything that we need. And what we've got to do is we've got to take the sword and we need to start to swing it a little bit more. We need to take the Word of God when the enemy comes and just say, hey, hold on a sec. I know that you're saying that to me, but the Word says, and we've got to swing that sword a little bit and remind him that we're an overcomer, that he doesn't have authority over us. No, 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 no. The Bible says that we have authority over him. Come on, we, we've got to swing our sword a little bit more. We, we don't need to sit back and be this passive. Oh, the, oh It's just, it is what it is. Ah, oh, well, that's life. No, 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 no. No, it's not life. Not life in Christ. Life in Christ is overcoming. Life in Christ is caneo. It's not just letting life happen to me. I happen to life. Yeah, come on. I go after it because I'm caneo. You're an overcomer. You fight with spiritual weapons. You fight with them. So don't just fight like a man. Fight like a man of God. Don't just fight like a woman, fight like a woman of God. And one of the best ways that you can fight is on your knees praying to the God that demolishes strongholds, knowing that your position in Christ is that of an overcomer. I don't come under, I come over. I am the head, I'm not the tail. Come on, every weapon formed against me shall not prosper. Come on, that's what we've got to do. Know who you are. Believe your God can do it and fight like a man and woman of God 2 Corinthians 4 says this but we have the treasure in jaz- jaz- we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us we are hard pressed on every side but not crushed perplexed but not despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed but we have this treasure in jars of clay. What is the treasure? The treasure is Jesus. Christ, the risen Christ, is the treasure. What's the treasure housed in? Jars of clay. Who are the jars of clay? You and I. We learned last week that he is the potter and we are the clay. That we have this treasure, Christ in these jars of clay, in this body that God has given us. We are overcomers. That's who we are by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And we have that power of Christ in our jars of clay. And I beg you to believe it, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides In you that you are Hooper Caneo because of the power of Christ that resides within this jars of clay and you have the power to overcome unforgiveness, to overcome hurt, pain, to overcome everything because you are housing, you are Jars of clay holding the divine power of God. You can overcome that addiction by the power of Christ. You can overcome the betrayal and have a good marriage and be healed of it through the power of Christ. You can overcome that job which feels like it's going nowhere through the power of Christ and be promoted and elevated. You can overcome the moral mistake that you made which you think has written your life off through the power of Christ. You can overcome all those things, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are kaneo 1 John 4, 4 says this, you, dear children, are from God, and listen, have overcome the evil ones, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world, Jesus Christ is greater than anything outside of you, and He is within you, in your jar of clay. The power that demolishes strongholds, the power that absolutely vanquishes beyond recognition the enemy, that resides within you if you are in Christ. You're not a nobody. You are a victor. You're not a victim. You need to get I can't out of your vocabulary and say I can with Christ. I'm caneo when somebody says to you this week, if it happens, who do you think you are? Just say, I'm Caneo, And they're going to be like, what the heck is that? And then you've got an opportunity. I'm not, I'm not a nobody. I'm not ordinary. You're not ordinary. We are jars of clay that house the power of the divine God. And positionally, I am in Christ. I am an ambassador I am a masterpiece. An ambassador speaks on behalf of the country that sends him. It carries the power of the country that sent him. You are an ambassador of heaven. You carry the power of heaven who sent you. You are a masterpiece. You are the poetic statement of the glory of God. And you, my friend, are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You vanquish beyond recognition every single giant, every single lie, every single principality and power that comes in front of you, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done, because of the blood of Jesus. We overcome by the blood of Jesus and the words of our testimony of what this Jesus has done in us, through us and for us. I'm not the mistakes I made. I'm not the sins that I've committed. I am in Christ. I have asked Him to be my Lord and Saviour. I have asked him to take away my sin. He's already forgiven me for it when he died on the cross. I've just received the work that he's already done and I am now in him an overcomer. This week, I muttered under my breath when I was on the phone, dealing with something to do with the subdivision. And I muttered under my breath, when the guy was kind of being difficult, I just said, I'm Opakaneo." Felt like saying to him, bro, you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know who I am. I got off the phone and I just had a moment where I walked into the foyer because our wrestler's not against flesh and blood, right? even though I got really close to telling him what I thought about him and his mother. I came into the foyer and I just said, God, this is your will. And there's a principality and power out there that's trying to stop this from happening. It's, it's not county's energy, it's not the city council. it's a principality in power that's trying to stop this from happening, because that principality in power knows that once this happens, what's set before us is a transformation of people's lives, that we're going to have uh, an additional finances come in that we can subsidize counseling for people, that we can see marriages that would normally be destroyed, healed and restored, that we can see people that have gone through sexual abuse come healed and restored and back to the original intention that God made them. And the enemy doesn't want that to happen. And so it's not people. You're just going to get a little bit of hoopakaneo on the inside of you and just go, hey, hey, you come under the authority of the church. You'll come under the authority of this child of God. And I command you to break off whatever it is that you're trying to do to stop it. And that'll be set free. Within half an hour, I had a phone call from them saying, we'll get it all done on Monday. Everything will be completed on Monday. Come on. You gotta get the hupakaneo on the inside of you, because you're not a victim. You are more than a conqueror. Come on. This week, man, I encourage you. Don't let life push you around. You push it around. You tell it where it's going. You explain to them who you are in Christ, not people. Don't get angry with people. We wrestle not against people. Flesh and blood, we don't wrestle against it. We wrestle against the principalities and powers. And the thing is, is that principalities and powers always work through people. It's not the people, it's the principality and power behind them, yeah? And saying that as well, please, don't go into this hypo state where you think everything is the devil got a flat tyre on the motorway come against the devil right now in Jesus no it was just a nail on the motorway there are some things that are just life yes but there are some things that are not just life and we need to hupakaneo ourselves up yeah and I just sense this morning in this place there's some people that are going through some hard stuff or big stuff and it's time to let the hupakaneo of God rise up on the inside of you. This year, as, as you've probably heard me say thousands of times, has probably been my toughest year, or not probably, it has been the toughest year I've ever experienced in ministry, starting with the death of my dad right at the start of the year, and all the way through, it's just been tough, and I've had to get my hupakaneo on the inside of me, because otherwise i would just be overcome by it all instead of overcoming it. And I'm not called to be overwhelmed. I'm called to overcome through Christ who strengthens me. I want to pray for you this morning. Why don't we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray for everybody. We're just going to all close our eyes. Just for a moment. If you want to, you can lift your hands. I always love lifting my hands because it's one, two things that speaks to me. One of I'm surrendering to God. But two, it's a picture of me with my arms out asking Daddy God to pick me up. And I can remember, just while you've got your eyes closed, I can remember when Seth was young, And we're at a surf beach and he wanted to swim in the surf and he would have been about three years of age. And he wanted to jump the waves like daddy was jumping the waves. And so you do what you do as parents, you hold their hands, don't you? And the wave comes and you go jump, but in reality, they're not jumping. We're lifting them over the waves. I've been doing that for about 15 minutes. And he says to me, Dad, I'm jumping the waves. Everything in me wanted to say, Son, you ain't jumping the waves. I'm lifting you over. Here's the thing key to being an overcomer is I don't have to jump the waves. Seth was not jumping the waves, Seth was being a hand holder. When I lift my hands, I'm being a hand holder. And I'm saying to God, Help me jump the waves that are coming towards me. I'm not jumping them myself, I'm being a hand holder. That's what overcoming is, it's holding on to the hand of God. It's holding on to all that He has done. It's holding on to everything that He's done for you, through you and in you. It's holding on to what He did on the cross, and I'm not wave jumping, I'm hand holding. and you can step into the season that you're currently in and the tough stuff that you're going through or the tough stuff that you're about to go through because I believe this that you're either going into one, you're in one or you're coming out of one, that's kind of how God does things because God does stuff on the inside us through trials that we don't get happen any other way and we just need to be handholders we're just going to lift our hands up and go here, here, let's jump these waves, let's jump the stuff that's coming towards me, a hupakanea a person is a hand holder that lets God lift you above the waves of everything that's coming towards you. So Father we pray right now in this place there are people going through difficulties, there are people about to go through difficulties or there are people that have just come out of them God I pray as our hands are lifted in this place, God hold our hands, we're going to hold you as you hold us. Help us to jump every single wave help us to get the hoopakaneo on the inside of us to rise up within us and say you know what I'm jumping every single thing that comes my way I'm holding your hand God I'm releasing on the inside of me a spirit of faith I'm not a victim I'm a victor I'm an overcomer I'm more than a conqueror I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me no weapon built against me shall prosper I'm holding your hands God lift me over every single thing we are overcoming in the name of Jesus Let the hoopakaneo rise up on the inside of every single person in this place or watching online right now. Let that overcoming spirit resonate through everything that we do because that's who we are. We are overcomers. And when we know who we are, we know what to do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said awesome thank you so much for coming out today if if this is your first time here we'd love you to fill in the live connector card in the seat pocket in front of you You can hand that in at the cafe and you'll get a free coffee all we're going to do is we just want to send you an email that says hey thanks for coming this is a little bit more about who we are we're not going to harass you we're not going to annoy you nobody likes that i'm I'm constantly unsubscribing from emails here and we're not going to do that to you. We just want to do one connection point with you. And if you're interested in knowing more about who we are, there'll be information about that in the email. Don't forget to sign up for the Welcome to Revive lunch next week. Even if this is your first time this Sunday, you can still come next week and and we just share a little bit. Well, one, we have lunch but two, we just share about who we are, how we work, what we believe, um, and it just helps you to understand who we are so there's no surprises down the track, yeah? Otherwise, why don't you have a phenomenal Hupakaneo kind of afternoon and we'll see you all next week. God bless.